0: Welcome to Removing Addiction and Healing Mental Health with Mike Carroll and Jess Gaddies. In weekly podcast episodes, they will feature healers and experts in removing addiction and healing mental health. You'll also hear from lived experience advocates, revealing tips that have helped them to live their lives addiction-free and heal from co-occurring mental health issues. Now here's your host, MC Counseling's Mike Carroll, and your co-host,
1: Jess Gaddies. Hey, it's Mike Carroll. Firstly, apologies for no-shows over the past few weeks. There's been a lot changing in Jess's life and we've not had the opportunity to record even when we tried it at three in the morning one day. Uh, Jess isn't with me today, however She will be back for the Season 3 And talking of Season 3 This will be the last episode in Series 2 With Series 3 that will be available For download from Friday the 10th of June Today Daniel joins me from Life Changes You It's been great To to be on your show Dan, but then you've never Been on our show, so we thought We'd get you on uh, today Well, I I did because Jess isn't obviously with us It's great to see you, it's great to have you on you Dan it's good
0: to be here Mikey look I love chatting to you we've done a couple of podcasts on the life changes you podcast and we've done a live and you booked for another live I think later this month or early next month and uh, I always like chatting to you you've always got lots of good insight and uh, you're fun to talk about with mental health which is what I like when I talk to people I like it to be upbeat so that people get involved and listen
1: Love it. Oh, my God. And you've just lifted me, if that could be possible. Daniel is a gorgeous human whose podcast is listened to by thousands of people across the globe. So you might be saying, what is Daniel's podcast about? I could ask him, but no, I'm going to quote from the podcast description. This is about life changes you. Conversations around mental health living a more positive and balanced life, creating a life you've always wanted and becoming better humans. Our mental health is as important as our physical health and the interviews help you to see how you can improve your health. If you don't already subscribe to Life Changes You, do yourself a favour. It's Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK. It's happening between the 9th and the 15th of May. The official theme is loneliness, encouraging us to build meaningful connections with our friends, families, colleagues and communities. I wanted to get Dan from Life Changes You podcast on today because he's got lots of audience in the UK, as do I. He's got a lot more than me. But thank you. It's great to have you on our podcast, Daniel. And so we really did want to talk a little bit about mental health and what it means to us as well. So I've given you a pretty good intro, mate, but is there anything else that you'd like people to know about you before we start?
0: No, I was just surprised when you were going to read my intro because I thought, oh, good, I just updated that yesterday and you've actually got the old version.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that this morning. So it's obviously taken a while, you know, because, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's Sorry. a lot more involved and it just tells you about the people that I've had conversations with, the people I've covered uh, topics with like anorexia, well, male anorexia, uh, youth suicide, uh, disability, cults, spirituality, autism, addictions. You know, you were the one I spoke to about addictions. Um, so, look, I've covered loads of topics. So if anyone wants to go and listen at Life Changes You, um, we're on Apple and Spotify and there's 170 podcasts there now to listen to. That's
1: amazing, Dan. You started this in December 2019? Yes, 2019. Wow, amazing. And, like, did you have experience in podcasts before you did this one?
0: Look, I did a little bit of uh, amateur uh, radio back when I was in my 20s, and I'm now 50, And when I decided to do a podcast, I just thought, look, I want to do a podcast around mental health. How do I do it? So I Googled everything, wrote lots of notes, Mm. spoke to a friend of mine who's a sound engineer and said, look, could you edit these for me if I do them? He said yes. Um, And then it just went from there. And the biggest jump I had uh, for the podcast was – Uh, In the first year of COVID, where I started uh, putting my stuff out on social media, particularly Instagram, and I got a huge following there. Mm. Um, And then I found lots of people on there that either wanted to come on the podcast or I wanted them to come on. And then I just got a bit more gutsy and started emailing people and saying, hey, would you like to be on this podcast? And they just said yes. It was amazing.
1: And when you think about it, December 2019, setting it up and then, you know, rolling it out a couple of months just prior to the pandemic. It's like it's got enough time to saturate the world. And then we're talking about mental health. People don't know how to feel and all the rest. It's pretty much perfect timing, would you say?
0: Uh, it was, but I would say that it was a good eight to 12 months before I got a lot of traction with the podcast. That first year of COVID, um, there was probably about six months from the March where people I had booked to come into the studio, we couldn't travel anywhere. I didn't really know much about Zoom. Um, and then I started getting people from overseas saying, look, I'll do a Zoom call with you. And I was like, okay, what's that? Um So yeah, then it, and then it did balloon. And then I started getting lots more followers on Instagram, a lot more followers to the podcast. And I think also the range of topics when I did the one on male anorexia, I got so many emails, so many messages and people were just saying, look, I know about female anorexia, but no one ever talks about male anorexia. Mm -hmm. And it was great because the guy I spoke to had recovered. He was 21, but he had anorexia when he was 12. So it was good for me to talk to him and understand that better. And, you know, I think it's really good for families, mums and dads, who, you know, might be thinking their son is a little bit underweight, or you might be in your 20s and, you know, thinking, I don't have the perfect body, I need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Some people now are going into... uh, uh, steroids, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to pump themselves up because it's almost as though we've gone to equality in how males and females need to look uh, through things like Instagram and social media. It's like you have to have the perfect body or this is the way you should look. And mm-hmm. you and I know that we don't have the perfect body, but <laughs> we're happy and we're, we we know what we're talking about. So, that's our bonus. And we're a bit older than those young people. I would, I would probably not cope very well being in my, say, 15 to 25 now and having to try and get the same body as all
1: these people on Instagram. Oh, I've never been there. I'd like to get there. But, you know, yeah, love what you're saying there. And just also will add, Dan, that I'm just so happy that I'm not growing up, you know, back growing up now. Yeah. With all this Instagram and, and with all this, all, all this social media. Um, really good to have lots of great guests on, on, on our shows, on, on your show. Great to see that it, it took a little while to, to grow. That's always, always important. Do you have a, a, a secret trick or a secret tip you could share with us about what makes a good podcast for mental health?
0: Um, I think the main thing is the guest and what the guest brings to the platform. Um, You can have guests who know a lot about mental health, but they're not. um, Look, I, I use the word bouncy. I like my guests to be bouncy so they can know everything there is to know about mental health and have a really good um, positive outlook and be bouncy as they talk. Because I think if you've got that energy, then that means more people are going to tune in and listen and listen about an important issue, which is mental health. I think mm-hmm. if we came on and went like this, people would just switch off because they'd go, oh, my God, that is doing my head in. I can understand what you... That's why we've worked so well together because (laughs) we can bounce off each other. We have good ideas. We have a bit of a laugh about it. And look, a couple of months ago, I actually got um, a message from someone saying, look, I love what you talk about and I love at the end how you sort of bring it back up and bounce it around a little bit because some of the stuff you talk about is pretty hard hitting, but you always find a way to bring some humour into it so Mm -hmm. that it lessens it when you turn off. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's another thing we want isn't it when people listen to something we don't want them going away with some really sad morbid thought in their head so if we can end it on a high then they've listened to everything and then gone away going actually that was really good i enjoyed that
1: or they can go and get more information too if if, if that's something of absolutely love it so we're talking this year loneliness being the theme for mental health awareness week in the uk loneliness how closely is loneliness and mental health connected dan Um, to be honest,
0: I don't know. I think that loneliness comes in all different forms. It depends if it's, long-term loneliness um you know i think during COVID, we found that a lot of people who weren't usually lonely who usually had a really big uh group of friends or associates they hung around with once they were in lockdown they realized that you know they didn't have a lot of people and it was hard to be alone and be lonely um I guess there is, there is some traction in loneliness and depression uh, and maybe anxiety as well, feeling like you don't want to be around people, but then you also have the need to be around people. So it's really, it's sort of all over the place, isn't it? Because loneliness, I don't know, I, I don't, look, for me, when I finish work, I don't feel lonely because I like to be alone, but I do have friends who find that they're lonely even when they're in a partnership. So loneliness is a very broad term, isn't it? And you can be lonely in a relationship.
1: Oh, totally. I thought it was very interesting that, the, that in the UK, the Mental Health Awareness Week theme is loneliness, you know, and encouraging us to build meaningful connections with friends, family, colleagues and communities. That almost seems, well, doesn't, not almost, it is obvious. But if you had that, you wouldn't be lonely, would you? No, and look, uh, there's a really
0: good uh, website organisation in the UK, and I think they have an arm here now called the 10 Keys to Happiness, or Mm. uh, it might be under a new name now. I think they might have rebranded. But if you have a look at the 10 different keys they suggest, there are lots of things there to prevent loneliness. And one of them, especially during COVID, was go and drop something around to your neighbour. When you go and do your shopping, go and drop something off with a note, give me a call. And so then neighbours were calling each other and looking out for each other to make sure they weren't lonely and that they were getting all the things they needed, which I thought was a brilliant idea during COVID, you know. Um, so, yeah, look,
1: loneliness is, I don't know. No. You tell me. <laughs> I, I, I think it is connected, um, but as you say, it doesn't have to be. You know, no. um, and and loneliness—it's it's a, it's a hard one to define, and then mental health. Well, you know, it's 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 huge. It's it's a massive concept, massive. That's why I gave it to you, Dan. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I mean, the thing is with mental health is we want to uh, promote mental health as being. Something more normal, and I don't like the word normal anymore because I don't think anyone is normal. We are all different. We've all got different things going on. Mm. But I think that the more we push towards normalising mental health, especially now that we've been through COVID and we've got so many people who have experienced anxiety, depression, loneliness, all those sort of mental health issues that before they never had or they could manage because they were doing lots of different things um so if we can uh, normalize it then more people and this is the best time to do it when there's more people with these things uh we'll we'll see a decline in the stigma towards us mm,
1: definitely and we've talked about you being the host of life changes you but you've got a life outside of podcast world dan what's your connection to the mental health space So I actually I qualified
0: as a counsellor back in uh, 2012. I did a diploma and a degree um, and I run a business which is called Change a Therapist, which is for people with intellectual disability and or mental health issues. Um, And we work on better communication through art. So what we usually do is do different forms of art in the studio, cooking programs, things like that. But then we encourage talking between each other and then we help them work out what are the best ways to get their wants and needs satisfied. And to be more of an advocate for themselves when, you know, mum says you have to come here and they don't want to. They can say, well, I don't really want to and I'm okay to stay here, you know, to stand up for themselves, I guess.
1: I love this. Tell us how you came up with the idea to create this concept.
0: Um, well, one night I was up late. I'd been out of work actually for two years. Uh, that was to do with my health and um, and also every job I went for, I was told I was overqualified and I wouldn't stay around very long. Um, so I sat down and thought about things I could do and I came up with this idea and then I rang a friend of mine and said, hey, do you want to start this business? This is the idea. And she said, yep, that sounds fantastic. And then away we went. And look, lucky for us, I know COVID has a lot of negativity, but for us, the positive side was that because we work in intellectual disability and mental health, we were we were able to stay open during lockdown. So all those other day programs had to close. We were allowed to stay open because we dealt with mental health. So out of the, I mean, during COVID we were full, we're uh, nine to 12 people a day. Um, and there was probably only one person that we had that didn't have a mental health issue as well as a disability. Um, But we got around that because we said, look, if we need to, we can always say this person's got some anxiety and that's why they're in the program.
1: Wonderful. It's really good to be able to keep that support going for people, especially during COVID and and to find the ways to be able to get around it. I love it. Love it, Dan. So with Change Your Therapist, um, how long has that been operating for now? Okay, so uh,
0: I also started Change Your Therapist in 2019. Uh, That was in November. That was when the idea was created, and we rented the office space in January.
1: Wonderful. Perfect. Now, is Change Your Therapist looking to expand? Um, We were thinking about it. Um, However, we have, look,
0: we like to be, I think, now more of a boutique. Uh, Business. I think it's the sort of business if you tried to grow it, you would lose a lot of the um, personal touch and the human side of it. Because with a lot of these day programs, the bigger they get, they look better and they offer more services. But in actuality, they actually offer less services because there's less one to one, one to two you know, ratio, which is what we pride ourselves on. Do we stick to one to three? Um, and that way we can work in small groups and provide really good um, outcomes.
1: Mm, awesome. And what about your your friend that, that you wanted to work with? You, you guys work together now. Is this somebody you've known for ages? I met her when I was 23
0: yeah, yeah, and we lost contact for a while from when I was about, I don't know, 30 to just before I was 40 and then she found me on Facebook <laughs> and so we reconnected and so then we've just carried on from there. And how do you find working with a friend? Um, it's pretty good. I mean, look, everybody in any relationship has ups and downs, but we have more ups and downs um, and we're both focused in the same uh, outcomes we want for our participants. Um, So that works really well. Yeah. And look, we do, we don't just do the stuff in the studio. We also do pub dinners once a fortnight. We do an inside disco, which is also on zoom. Mm -hmm. We do bingo, which is on zoom. So that started during COVID. We have 20 people on a Thursday and on a Sunday who join us for an hour to play bingo. Um, And then we do excursions fortnightly on a Saturday. Lots of stuff going on. Is yes. it your dream, Dan? Oh, I love my job. I couldn't think of anything better than what I'm doing right now. And I actually, when I get to a weekend, if I've got the whole weekend off, I actually wake up feeling a little bit flat because yeah. I like coming in here and chatting to all the guys yeah. and seeing what they've been doing and what's what they've got planned. It's just fantastic. It's like I don't come to work. It's like I just have fun every day. Could there be an online component to what you do with the day program? Well, there is with the bingo and the disco. The disco, we have people down on the Mornington Peninsula join us um, Mm -hmm. and they join us for the disco. When we were in COVID, we actually had people all over Australia joining us for different zoom things um and we were thinking after covid we'd shut zoom down but we just haven't been able to because we've got too many
1: participants who just join us for those online programs amazing this is removing addiction and healing mental health i'm mike carroll today talking with dan from life changes you podcast and also from change your therapist jess is therapist even change your therapist jess is away and this will be the last episode for season two there are many ways to remove addiction and heal poor mental health. This podcast aims to provide interesting discussion around the different ways to remove addiction and heal poor mental health. This is general information and further research should be conducted to make sure the concepts or concept uh, is discussed is right for you. As we come back to removing addiction and healing mental health with Dan from Life Changes. you Great to have you here. He's absolutely laughing his head off. That's okay. Um, We'll start with this one, Dan. Why is mental health stigmatized? Mental health is stigmatised,
0: I believe, because of the stereotypes we see in movies and TV shows. Uh, I'm talking more about people who are schizophrenic, bipolar, those sort of mental health issues. Uh, where generally you'll find uh, if there's a serial killer, they've usually got some mental health issue. Um, And I think then that means that the general public go, oh, my God, I don't want to be around that person. I've worked with people with schizophrenia, bipolar for many years, and... I've never seen those sort of behaviours, those sort of thoughts, um, and I know they do occur. However, I think if we were to normalise by um, showing what people are like, I mean, I'm always talking to people about um, different mental illnesses, especially schizophrenia, bipolar, because people say to me, oh, my God, aren't they hard to work with? And I go, no, they're some of the easiest people you'll ever work with, you'll ever talk to, you'll ever meet. Because, um, look, there are times when one person I know who's got schizophrenia, I have to work out uh, if they're talking to me or if they're talking to something they're hearing or if they're just off off talking in a tangent about something else. Um, but once you accept that, you know, there's no difference between us. I mean, a lot of our thoughts are going on in our head while we're having a conversation, whereas these guys are actually verbalising it. So if we look at it that way, it's a lot easier to understand. I've got my thoughts running in my head that you don't know about, but these people are just verbalising what they're thinking about.
1: Mm, mm. So making basically the subconscious conscious almost.
0: Yeah. Mm, mm. And I think, you know, COVID was the biggest thing that could be the change for mental health because there's a lot more people understanding about anxiety and depression and ADHD, uh, autism, those sort of things. And I think with that, we have a really big stepping stone now to up the ante and go, okay, how do we destigmatize this and put it the same as any other illness? Mm. But we, need, we have to want to change that, and I know you do work with that and I do work with that and updates on Instagram and I know other people who are doing that. Uh, I started, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Normalise, Don't Stigmatise a couple of years ago, and after about six months of putting them up two or three times a week, I realised other people were using that slogan as well. And at first I was like, hey, people are using my slogan. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. But then I thought, no, that's really good because if people are using Normalise, Don't Stigmatise, ...tigmatised... <laughs> That could be our catch cry, you know, let's get people to think, let's normalise this, don't stigmatise it because the person living with a mental illness or mental health issues has already got enough stigma on them, and they're already doing their best to handle each day. So the more stigma, the more we put on top of them going, "You've got a mental illness, what what's your problem?" blah, blah blah. Mm. It's harder for them to work through what they're going through. So if we all back off and let them work it through and ask them questions, how is your mental health?" How does that affect you? How can I help you? We will see a big change because they want understanding. We need understanding. And that way we all work together.
1: For sure. So if I was to say, give give us a year that mental health will not be stigmatised, Dan, what would your thoughts be there? They would be, I wish, I wish, I wish. I don't think
0: we're at that stage I think it's we're looking at a good few years we're looking at governments putting more money into mental health as in funding more uh psychologists I know that we get six to ten sessions a year that are partly compensated but still that is too much for people who are living on a pension they can't afford to pay sixty dollars towards a $240 consultation. So what we need to do is we need to make it for anyone on a pension card, there's no gap fee, it's all covered. We need to look at more free health service around mental health. I guess we need to start educating kids from about 12, 13, 14, on basic anxiety basic depression so that they have a basic understanding of what things are happening and what things might be happening for them um there's a lot of work we need to do a lot of changes and we need a government that can and it's not just here in Australia it's in the UK it's in America in America it's really hard to get any sort of Uh, mental health uh, therapy Mm. Um, and uh, someone I spoke to uh, a couple of years ago was saying what they do is they put in grants with the government for a local council to be able to have a certain amount of funds where people can come but they said but then when they come they're lucky if they get one to two sessions well we know that sometimes mental health issues can take six sessions 12 sessions a whole year two years there are the lucky ones that might only need one or two sessions but they're very very, very rare.
1: And what are your thoughts on counselors being included on the Medicare rebate?
0: Look, it's controversial in this country because when we were in COVID, the government said that what they wanted to do was uh, train people in, in a mental health certificate for and get those people to pay those people to work on the backlog so that psychologists and psychiatrists didn't have so much work to do. Really, they were bypassing counsellors who had studied a diploma, a degree, who had qualifications, but they were more or less saying, no, we're just going to have Cert 4s. Well, a Cert 4 doesn't have the same knowledge as what a diploma or Bachelor of Counselling has. Correct. Yeah, definitely. And I I think um, I remember having a disagreement with – the guy who runs one of the um, uh, what do you call him one of those uh, I don't want to say their name <laughs> but, you know one of those institutions that covers counselors and psychologists uh, not psychologists uh, psychotherapists and his <clears throat> his argument was you shouldn't be looking to get medicare rebate you should be looking at how you can work with your client to come to an agreement on what uh, uh, what uh, what a normal fee would be for them. And everybody in the room argued that unless we charge $50, which is equivalent to the amount you have to pay towards the psychologist, we're not going to get the client. And also people are going to prefer to see the psychologist because they know the psychologist has got more training than us. So in in both ways, we're sort of being cut out because if you've got to pay $50 towards seeing a therapist, wouldn't you rather go and see a psychologist who's trained for six, seven years than a counsellor who might have trained for two, three, four, five years?
1: No, I always want to see the counsellor, Dan. Would you? No. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're yeah. saying. And, and, yeah, so it, and, and I think another interesting part about the counselling uh, being included with the PBS is, is that it's for CBT, it's only for one counselling style, it's not for all the the different styles of counselling out there. No, and because
0: they are going over the UK's framework, which is what they do. So in the UK, if you want to go in the National Health and have counselling, you could be waiting six weeks to 12 weeks for a phone call from not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, a mental health nurse who will call you and ask you what your issues are, how they can help you determine what your wait time is, um, and then you'll go into a queue. And then within uh, 12 to 18 months, you will get a phone call from a counsellor who will talk to you about CBT over the phone. And if you're very lucky within that first, at the end of that 12 months to two years, you'll get a face to face with a counsellor. That's on the National Health Service. If you can pay privately, you can see them whenever you like, which is similar here. Our wait times aren't quite as long as the UK. But, you know, I was just blown away when my cousin needed to see a counsellor and was told, yes, you can talk to one. And he spoke to a mental health nurse. He rang me and he said, can you help me? And I said, of course I can. I've told you, whenever you need help, just call me. So we talked through the issues and he said, oh, okay. can I call you again? I said, yep, fine. Um, But talking to the mental health nurse, he said basically all they did was ask a series of about 20 questions and said, we'll place you in the queue. Now, that didn't help alleviate any of his anxiety, didn't help him understand when anything was going to happen. They didn't explain cognitive behavioural therapy properly to him, so he had no idea what was happening. And he said, when will I see a counsellor? And they said, you'll be lucky if it's 12 to 18 months.
1: It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. So the UK has got a bigger weight than Australia. Uh, What countries do you reckon have the least stigmatised view on mental health? Look, I think some of the Scandinavian countries,
0: and I think by Scandinavian I'm meaning Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, they seem to have really good mental health over there. Um, And I think it's a lot more uh, normalised. I could be wrong, there could be other countries, but from the readings I've done over the last few years, they seem to be the ones that are really out there trailblazing and uh, working on ways to better people's health. And some of it has been that certain people get an extra day off work a week to be able to go and have a mental health day, doing something, and they get prescribed things like going for a picnic in the park, Um, you know, things that... You know, we, you know, we should be doing more, but we don't because we work so much. But those sort of things where it is just about getting out of your normal life, experiencing, I guess, mindfulness and learning how to relax and not focus on everything to do with work.
1: Mm. And what do you think they're doing that we're not doing that we could adopt?
0: They're not having long waiting lists. And that's what we need to adopt. We need to understand the significance of mental health issues that then become physical health issues it doesn't get talked about enough that if your mental health declines, your physical health declines, because if you've got anxiety or depression, you're likely to feel like you don't want to see the world. So we go to your loneliness and we also, people with depression are more likely to stay in bed because they, or an anxiety because they don't want to have to deal with the day. So then we're seeing people who are off work and then because they're not eating properly, they're not drinking properly. They don't want to go out and exercise. They're spending all their time inside. They're not getting any vitamin D, So mental health in a lot of ways is more important than physical health because once your mental health starts going down, we see a decline in physical health.
1: What do you think, if I was to ask you, Dan, three elements that people could adopt right now to improve their mental health, what would they be?
0: Well, the first thing I would say is exercise, any exercise you do. It doesn't have to be walking for miles or hours. It can be a 10-minute walk around the block. It can be sitting out in the sunshine in your lunch break and having your lunch. Um, It can be going for a walk with a friend, something easy. It could be going to the shops and window browsing. You don't have to spend any money, just walk around the shops and you're getting your exercise while you're doing something you enjoy. Um, That's one. uh, For your mental health, what's another one? I have them all in my head, but now I can't think of (laughs) them. There's, uh, uh, ah, helping helping someone. Helping someone really helps your mental health. So that's one of the 10 keys of happiness is go and talk to a neighbour. Go and uh offer your time at the local school, helping with a fate, helping with lunches, going and volunteering at an old people's home for an hour in the afternoon, just wandering around, chatting to the different people in there. All those things work really well for your mental health and for theirs because some of those people in those places and the same in disability houses, they don't have any family to come and visit them. Mm. So if you went and did that for an hour once a week, once a fortnight, they will feel great and you'll feel great too and you'll learn a lot about yourself and you'll learn a lot about different people i need a third one don't i yes you do what's my third one then water water so my mental health
1: yeah
0: wouldn't that just be oh well so a good diet
1: yeah yeah there you go there's yeah. your food
0: yeah mental health water diet watch what you eat mm. no drinking at the pub definitely not no. Um, look, there's so many. I just, I can't think off the top of my head because I've been on my soapbox too long. Have
1: you enjoyed being on this soapbox this afternoon? It's been Dan. good. Yeah. yeah. It, it's deserved for you to be on that. this soapbox. 160 episodes of your show. Yes. Of- I've just
0: recorded another four. So by the end of the year, where will I be? I don't know. Look, I'll be close to 200 episodes. Um And it's fantastic, and I really enjoy doing the lives as well on a Wednesday night, Mm. Wednesday morning in the UK, Wednesday really early in the morning in America. Just having those people on and chatting like you were when you came on and we shared your story Mm. and all those people commenting. You know, it's good to have that instant feedback and to get those people engaged in the conversation.
1: Definitely, and uh, yeah, without a doubt, you are an amazing individual, Dan, and the the fact that we're, we're, we're asking each other questions or responding and then the other ones making faces at each other has been an absolute delight this afternoon. Um, before you leave us, on Mental Health Week 2022 in the UK, what's your wish for the world, Dan?
0: My wish for the world is that there is more understanding around mental health that more people support each other, not just in mental health, but in daily living. Um, I wish the war between Ukraine and Russia would finish. Um, You know, world peace, kindness, compassion. I mean, those are two words I always like to talk about because I think if everybody spreads a little bit of kindness and compassion every day, we see a difference in a lot of people and it's going back to visiting old people's homes. If you show some kindness or compassion to someone you meet in the street today, they might've had a really bad week and no one's been kind or compassionate to them. And it might make, it might change their whole day, their whole week. That's what we need to focus more on kindness and compassion, supporting each other and making sure that people don't fall through the cracks. If we know how to help them. I think there's too much emphasis nowadays on your side hustle, making more money, doing this, doing that. And those. even though that's good to think about that and it's good to do that, it's still good to run along the line with that of helping others.
1: Dan from Life Changes You podcast, also from Change Your Therapist, an amazing human. Final words before we wrap this episode up and season two of Removing Addiction and Healing Mental Health.
0: Final words. Look, I thought that was my final words, being compassionate and kind. Um, Mikey, look, you're doing uh, this podcast and you're doing your work and I think we need to get you out there more recognised so that more people pick up on you and your story and your life and what you're doing so that you can spread your word Uh, even further than what you are at the moment because it's people like us and it's not me blowing my own horn, but it's people like us in any form of mental health on social media, on podcasts, who are spending their time giving it away freely, talking to different people uh, and helping others understand more about themselves. um, And that will make the world a lot better place.
1: Oh, love it, Dan. Thanks for your time. Dan from Life Changes Your Podcast and from Change Your Therapist, a person I met only a few months ago on social media and now happy to call him a friend. We haven't met in the flesh yet. Maybe when we meet and have ice cream, he'll go, no, I don't want to be your friend, but an amazing human and I really do respect and appreciate our friendship and our connection uh dan hopefully that we can catch up real soon in in the flesh have a great time and, and thanks for being part of removing addiction and healing mental health this has been removing addiction and improving mental health
0: join mike and jess next week for another episode bye for now